0: Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you're going to say, that guy's lying. That cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the chronicles of Three Tales Max. So let's get started. And remember, it's not my fault. I'm going to need to give you some definitions for today's episodes and the chronicles of my life. So I'm going to go into detail about lime green. And it's actually one of the the parts of the episode today. Uh, Lime green, by definition, means when somebody is just in your personal space, touching you, talking to you, being obnoxious, just being very close, very obnoxious and you're unable to get away from them. So if someone is to lime green you, that means they are just being obnoxious. Then we're going to you're going to hear the word stinger. Actually stinger is again a bit of an episode, part of the episode. I'm going th- I thought I'd still better define it a little bit for you. So stinger is basically Something that is a disappointment. My birthday was a disappointment. Oh, I had a stinger birthday. Right? This is how this is used. It's a stinger. It's a disappointment. It's not the way something's supposed to be. It kind of came out wrong. Okay, it's it's not perfect. Oh, I baked a cake. It turned out to be a stinger. Next we have neck. So neck has evolved throughout my family, and it depends on who you talk to, who's going to take credit for first utilizing the word neck. I have brother-in-laws, I have, you know, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, relatives that get involved with this word. Uh, it's a family type word. Okay, it's not necessarily a verb. You can neck something, but it's typically used as a noun. This person's being a neck. It's like being nosy, like all up in your business. And there's a verb to it. You know, you'll hear me. I use it today as a verb, more than likely, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, this person's necking me. They won't leave me alone. It's it's kind of like lime green, but different. Okay. It's just has a little bit different use, a little bit area of where you want to use the word neck You know, when the person's not necessarily touching you, but they're like in your business. If somebody's going to lime green you, they're like on you, they're real close, they're in your personal space, necking you. They're not going to be right there, like in your face, two inches from your nose. It's just off in the distance. They're like, oh, they're having a casual conversation. So you went to the doctors. What's wrong with you? You went to a vacation it, at a really nice place. What did you do? How long did you do that? You know, who went with you? And finally, in today's episodes, we you'll hear the term duck and run. What is duck and run? So that means you're trying to get away from somebody or something without them knowing who you are or having to talk to them. So it's an avoidance scenario. And this actually has come from my youngest son says, I want to duck and run. And it has stuck with My immediate family, my sons, my wife and myself, and has branched out to some degree with my wife's family and my family. So duck and run. Basically, I'm trying to avoid some people. I don't want to have a conversation with them. I don't want to make eye contact with them. So I'm trying to duck and run. Put your head down and walk as fast as you can to get away from them, from that person or those people or that situation. The duck and run. Lime Green. This came about on my honeymoon to Florida. We kind of get this, you know, discounted airfare. And it's one of the first times that we've traveled together. Matter of fact, I think it was the first time we've ever traveled together at all in an airplane. So this was many years ago. And there were no cell phones and there were no applications for airlines, anything like that at all. So we show up at our at our airline. We, you know, go there. We're standing in line. We actually had our tickets mailed to us. Now think about that. We had to get our tickets mailed to us. There's no, you know, download them to your phone or print them off of your printer. There were no computers. Well, there were computers, but there weren't home computers at this time. We were kind of a little bit uneasy about where to go, what to do new airport, new marriage, it's our honeymoon, you know, we're trying to impress each other, you know, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. So, so we go to this airport and we're staying around and we're in line and my wife's like, yeah, I don't want to deal with all this. There's lots and lots of people there. This is pre 9-11. There's, you know, everybody can go anywhere in an airport. So I'm sitting, my wife's like, all right. You get in line, find out what we're doing, where we're going, what we need to do. And you know, you look back on it now after we've traveled for so many years, think like I didn't have to go there, but I did. You know, the novice that I am. Plus, we're traveling with a group, like this group discount kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch of us going together, and we're checking in, I guess, so to speak. We've already got our tickets. I don't know why I would call it checking in, but we were. We're standing there, and I'm waiting, and I'm hearing kids and stuff behind me, and my wife's not in this line. She's standing with our luggage. We haven't checked our luggage yet, nothing. You know, we're the the greenhorns you don't want to get behind in an airport today. (laughs) So, all of a sudden, I feel this, like, right above my belt, in the middle of my back, this thing dunk, donk, it's hitting me. Something's hitting me. It's like, what is this? It's like a hard stick, you know, it's like, bang, 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 and... I'm hearing it's real loud and real, real you just don't know what to do or what to think or, or, or where to go. So finally I turn around and look, and here's this guy. He's got on a Hawaiian short shirt. And it's like red or pink or some gaudy color. They got on like a goofy hat. I can't I can't remember if it was a straw hat. Or a fedora. I think it was a straw hat kind of thing. Glasses. But he's carrying a camera with like a 50 millimeter lens. And this thing's literally 6, 8, 10 inches long. And he's just right up on me. Like he is right at my back. And he's just bumping me, slimming me with this camera. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I didn't say dude, but I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Just pounding, banging me, banging me, banging me. And I'm looking over at my wife. I'm like, you know, give her the old check this out thing. And she's about half chuckling and, you know, glad it's me and not her. <laughs> well, So I finally get to the through this line and whatever you need. And I don't remember specifically what I had to do there. Maybe nothing. You know, probably got up there and they're like, oh, yeah, just go to gate 23 right down there. And get on the plane when the door opens and hand a ticket to somebody when you're going through the door. Probably that's what they told me. Um, something that goofy. So I got down there, I get on the wife and I get on the plane, we check our bags, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And there's no like x-ray machines, there's no screening, there's no security. TSA if it existed, I didn't know about it. So we just like get on the plane. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking about, it. Well, thank God, you know, this guy is not banging me in the back of the, you know, back of his, in my back with this goofy camera thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we got rid of him. He's gone. He's gone. There's a hundred thousand. There's many people. I, I shouldn't exaggerate a hundred thousand, but there's a lot of people at this airport. It's a huge airport. Uh, it's a big hub kind of thing. Uh, tons and tons of flights going out every day it's like, you know I lost him there's no way him his wife his kids his screaming kids right another nightmare in the airport and in the plane or you know what are the odds well evidently the odds are pretty good because we're sitting there and we're waiting and the plane hasn't taken off and I hear some kids going at it crying and yapping and yammering and going on and Look, I got kids myself. Not this time, but I have kids of my own and I understand what it's like when kids are loud. But I'm early in my life. I'm a young man, newly married, on my honeymoon. The last thing I want to hear is like kids yammering and screaming. And I turn around and guess who it is. Mr. Hawaiian shirt and green shorts. I'm like, oh, this can't be. He's like two seats behind me across the aisle from me. I'm a big guy, and I'm in the aisle seat, okay? My wife's in the middle, and there's somebody out next to the window. It's a big, huge plane. So, <laughs> sure enough, the whole flight, I'm listening to this guy and his kids and his wife trying to take care of them because they have two kids, and there's only three seats in the row. And one of the kids was in the row, be, you know, away from them, across the aisle, which is behind me. You know, it's he's two he or she's two seats behind me on the plane. I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, this is crazy Cause they're screaming at their kids and whatever." It's you know, kids are running around the plane. It's it's a fun time. Okay, so one thing I do know is like, okay, I'm gonna get off this plane. I gotta I gotta go to the car rental spot. So I'm looking, you know, get the name of the car rental place, and I, I go down. And I, you know, we get off the plane and. I can't remember. I think we walked to the car rental place. (laughs) We get there. I'm standing in line and the wife's outside. She's just outside with the bags. It's like, there's no need for you to come in here because, you know, plain little full people in the car airport rental site. Again, long, long before you could just show up at a rental place, get in a car and drive away. You had to go in. You had to show them your license. You had to pay cash or check. I don't even think they took credit cards at this place. Because it's a budget place. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a wealthy man at this point in time. Well, I'm still not wealthy, but I definitely am not wealthy when I first got married. <laughs> I'm standing in this long line. This is unbelievable, I know, but I start feeling this. Banging in the middle of my back. What? I turn around, and sure enough, there he is. So I come out, and my wife's like, and I'm all unhappy about life. Let's just say it that. And I'm pretty boisterous and talking about it. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, oh, Mr. Lime Green got me again. She's like, who the devil is Mr. Lime Green? I said, look the guy with the Hawaiian shirt on, the straw hat, the camera and the Lime Green shorts. And she's like, oh Lime Green, I gotcha. So we get in the car, you know, it was a Ford, it was a It was actually a four-door car. And here I am, it's like, you know, the grocery getter. This is something you as a family would run as a vehicle. And here I am, you know, in my 20s and I'm going, oh, yeah, I got the grocery getter. I'm going to the the hotel. My discount honeymoon package. um, I'm pretty cheap if you can't tell already. I shouldn't say cheap. I'm thrifty. I like to spend my money, but just not a lot of it at any one time. So I drive to the hotel, get there, get in the room, get everything unpacked, as much as I'm going to unpack. And It's been, well, I don't know, probably three, four, five hours since I got, you know, from airport one to, air, to my destination airport and in the room. It's like, all right, honey, let's, you know, put on our swimsuits. Let's go out to the pool, just relax for the evening and kind of, you know, just sit down and do nothing. And we get to the pool. And they have, like, a bar. This is not an upscale hotel. They have, like, a bar floating in the center of the pool. And it's literally, like, looks like an inner tube of a tire, but much bigger. And there's a woman out there, I guess, that was the bartender. A little parachute, whatever, not parachute, but a parasol umbrella type thing. I'm like, hey, this looks pretty cool. Why don't we go out there and, you know have a, a drink and, and swim around the pool. So, as you will come to find out about me, I partake of the adult beverages every so often. So, we swim out there, and we're having drinks, and, you know, I'm just, just kind of just laying there lounging around. I think I had one of those, they didn't have the spaghetti noodles at the time. They had these blow-up rafts. I think, I'm you know, if you've ever tried to get on one of those things, you get up on it, it bends in half like a taco, and it slaps around your body, and... You, you just don't want to get off of it when you're in the deep end of the pool. it's pretty hard to get back on. I've never successfully found a way. But anyway, so if you can imagine this sight, I got a drink in my hand with a straw, no lid. I'm trying to get you know trying to stay on this inflatable raft in a pool that's not Olympic size. and I'm drinking whatever and all of a sudden, look over and here come. Lime Green and his kids. He still has his camera on. He still has his shorts on, shirt, straw hat, but the kids are coming for a little dip in the pool. Well, let's just say the relaxing has stopped and there's Lime Green. I'm like, my God, I can't get away from this guy. So, I mean, how how much do you have to do to get away from a single person on a, on a four-hour flight from point A to point B, Car rental, right? The odds are he's, you know, not going to show up at the same car rental place. Odds are he's not going to show up at the same hotel. And we're there for the week. So as we go to these attractions and, you know, when we do decide to come out of the hotel room for a period of time and go do something, besides, you know, stay in the hotel room and drink at the pool, we keep looking for lime green, You know, where's Lime Green? He's got to show up. Well, he didn't. You know, end of story. Lime Green kind of fades into the background. Okay. So, we come home and just start with our lives, right? Honeymoon's over. Wedding's over. You know, it's time to to start making a living and a life for ourselves. This was back when living together was not really preferred. I mean, it happened, but it wasn't a big deal. wasn't like done a lot, especially if you're a good Catholic girl, a Methodist guy. Um, that didn't go over well, but uh, we just, you know, live our life, and, and we're somewhere doing something like in the next six months, and we walk in, uh, I was like, what you would call, uh, you know, a, a discount store, a little tiny shop, a mom and pop kind of shop, whatever. Walk in, and there's this little pin. And I look at it, it. It's a character. It's a cartoon character, but it looks like lime green from our honeymoon. Same goofy Hawaiian shirt. You couldn't see the pants on it. Guy's carrying a camera, sunglasses. I don't think this this uh, button had a um, hat on it on the character, but. We you know we have it. We still we we bought it. We still have it today. The the button is actually it's titled Mr. Weekend, and I wore that button for years and, until I got old and stopped doing fun stuff on the weekend. Well, as fun as I used to do on the weekend. So, anyways, that is lime green. So now, whenever somebody bugging you or just you know this is within our family. Okay, my my children, my relatives, my wife. Somebody's bugging you or bumping into you or just too close to you or in your personal space or you know, you know I'll say something like uh, to my family under my breath uh, lime green and they get a little chuckle you know in, their, in a little lighter step in their step down the road they go knowing that they're the only people that knew what lime green meant. Lime green the story of Stinger. So, what is a stinger? Well, you're going to find out. So, I, I'm really busy at work one day and, and I have lots of people working for me and doing things. And I'm not a micromanager, but from time to time, I have to be right there. You know, I need to be involved in what's going on with, with you know, the day to day operations. Again, not every day, but sometimes. And a lot of times when you're man- managing a group of people, and they're intelligent people, and they're very dedicated to what they do, and they're very knowledgeable about what they do. So, cell phones, at the time when this was going on, and when this cell phones were not not a, a big deal. I mean, they they existed, you know. whether I ha, I owned one. All right, uh, I work outside, in in the nature in nature. Um, I don't always work in an office. I do have an office, but we're outside and it's really easy. You know, my people have cell phones or my group leaders have cell phones or depends on who they are and what they do. They were able to contact me or they could, yes, believe it or not, go to a pay phone and call me if they had enough quarters at this time. So, you know, I had a cell phone and I just got a new cell phone. It wasn't a brick. It wasn't a bag phone. It was portable enough that I could put it in my pocket, but let's just put it this way. You knew I had something in my pocket. It was not small by today's standards. Um, it was big and bulky. And it was new to me. This, the, how it operated was new. I was whatever, you know. Here's the phone. Here's how you use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a phone call. You know, speed dial. Here we go. So forth and so on. Okay, so that's kind of the setup here. Something's going on at work. This This thing is really important and it's very time sensitive and I'm, I'm pushed. Okay. Now it's not life or death. I'm not, you know, like that. My work's not like that, but you know, we do have to work as, you know, if I were a farmer, I would say you have to work, uh, you know, and, and think about the weather, weather and utilize when you have sunny, bright days and whatever, because I do work outside and my people work outside. So I had to talk to one of my guys. The guy picks up when he's on the phone. And I start talking. I start talking in, in idioms and acronyms that mean something to us at work. Um, you know, no matter where you work, you have a certain work language that is not necessarily as expressive as it were as if you were talking to someone outside of work about other issues. And I, I go off and blah, 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 blah. And I, I hear the person, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, Max, Max, it's, it's, it's me. I'm like, what? Like, it's me, Meatball. I'm like, what? I, I'm thinking to myself. So I just out of, blurt out of my mouth, Stinger, and I hang up, and I call this other guy because I wasn't trying to call my brother-in-law Meatball, right? I just, I need to talk to this other guy. I need to talk to him in a hurry. There's lots of things happening. Well... So my brother-in-law is a doctor and I rarely call him. He doesn't live in the same state as I do. Um, He lives extremely far away from me. And when I call him or when he calls me, it's like, look, there might be something important. I better answer. So he actually was in surgery. He had to go out of the surgical room. He answered the phone and I just blew him off. And all he said, all he said, all I heard was stinger, click and away we go. He says, you know, he's too busy to talk to me. He says, I'm a surgeon. I'm in surgery. And I came out. I had to rescrub, go back in. Yeah, who knows? He's an orthopedic guy. So he's you know, he's using a you know, a drill and saws and that kind of stuff and chopping on people's bones. That's why I always tell him. So, you know, the word stinger, okay, just came up, came to be, and this is the Stinger story. And he still to this day, probably thirty years later. He's still complaining about this. He's like, "Yeah, you won't call me and talk to me. You hang up on me. All I hear is Stinger." The priest story. <laughs> this is this is something I, I you know I'm definitely going to Hades for this story and everything I ever say about this type of stuff. You know, I I tell everyone you know I I know that I'm going to Hades. I know that I'm going to be seeing Lucifer. I know that there's. A front row seat with a brass plate on it with my name on it. So when I get there, there's no question where I'm supposed to sit. It's just a matter of time when I go. That's the only thing is to be defined. So this part of my life, this is about a Catholic priest. So his name, you know, my friends, other people, we're going to call him Father B. Okay. Well, Father B looks like me. Now, I'm going to tell you, it is scary how much this this priest looks like me. I'm not somebody you would find on the front of a magazine, therefore neither is he. I'm not Mr. Photogenic. I'm not, you know, 140 pounds and muscular. Okay, I never was, and neither was this priest. So Father B and I literally look so much alike. people mistake me for him and him for me. I'm guessing. I don't know. I've never seen the guy in person. I've only seen... Well, I shouldn't say it. I've seen him in person at a distance. Um, He holds mass. People go to this mass who know me and say, my God, I thought you were on the podium given whatever mass. I'm not Catholic. I married a Catholic, but I'm not Catholic. So... (laughs) father B looks like me keep that in mind okay so one day i'm on my way to work another little oddity about me is parking spots i there's a 5 story parking garage where i work and it'll probably park i don't know how big the footprint is let's let's just say 500 cars vehicles so i have no problem about where I park. But I like to park in the same spot all the time. So, I intentionally I come to work really early. I'm a morning guy. I come to work really early in the morning, and I always go to the top of the parking garage. I go to the 4th floor, and I park in this spot. And it's kind of a cool spot because you can get out easy. It's close to the elevators. Nobody's going to key my car. Okay. Well, there's another guy. Let's call him Spoonie G. So Spoonie G parks beside me every day. Now, Spoonie G has a car. (laughs) Let's just put it this way. If you keyed the side of his card accidentally, you probably wouldn't be able to tell it. It's rusty. Nobody wants to park beside this guy because they're afraid afraid something's going to fall off of it and scratch their car. Well, I drive a really, really old Mercedes Benz. I bought it used. It's it's already got at this time a two hundred and fifty or yeah two hundred and fifty kilometer badge. If you know what that is, I'm working on more high mileage. It's not it's not a museum piece. It's a daily driver. It's not a grocery getter, but it's a daily driver. And I like to park it in my spot. So the other thing about my Mercedes is it's a diesel. It's old. Now, if you've ever been around a diesel, especially you know a truck or a pickup truck or you know, 18-wheeler, they're loud. Well, so are diesel cars. Now, I'm not talking a little tiny diesel car, a you know, compact car. I'm talking about a Mercedes-Benz, a full-size Mercedes-Benz with a diesel. Uh, I like diesels. I like to drive them, okay? Super loud, always sounds like it needs a valve job, and it smokes, right? And diesel smoke. In today's world, there's less less sulfur content in diesel fuel, and it doesn't smoke as much, but it, they still smoke, okay? So I'm coming up one morning before daylight, right? I go to work before daylight, coming up the, the parking garage, and you can see the parking garage open, you know, they kind of wind, you know, they, they spiral up and at the very top you turn around and spiral down, right, to get out. Well, as I'm coming up, I'm looking for my spot to see if anybody's in it because it's not my spot, but it's a spot I want to park in. I call it my spot. And I see two guys standing in the parking lot close to where I'm going to park. There's nobody in my parking spot. Spoony G isn't even there yet. And it's 50-50 whether he's going to be there before me or not. So, and I've never seen the guy who drives this car, by the way, Spoony G's car. So these guys are looking at me, and talking and looking. And they're really necking me hard, okay? Just on me, okay? They're not lime greening me. They're not touching me, but they're necking me. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I got to duck and run. I don't know what these guys are going to do or say or what happened or something, Okay, maybe they're there. I mean, this is before daylight, right? And there's lights in the garage. and These two guys are eyeballing me hard, just necking me. So I get out, and I'm trying my best. I'm keeping my head down, and I'm trying to get by these people to get to the elevator or the steps are side by side and get out of there. Well, didn't happen. Hey! Father B, how you doing? Da, 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 da. On and on, on, church this, church that, blah, blah, blah. You know, Catholic stuff, I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. It's all Catholic stuff. I'm a Methodist. You know, my mother-in-law will tell you that Methodists are liars. You know, she had seven kids, every one of them. Married Methodist, or married Catholic. I'm the only Methodist that's in the family. He's, she actually told the priest, he's Methodist, but we like him. All right? And she's actually told me that, you know, Catholics like Methodists. They're just liars. Uh, whatever. That's uh, again another another deal I can tell you about sometime. And they're like, "What's going on?" Blah, 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 blah. Father B, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah We wanted to ask you this. Wanted to talk to you about this. And I don't know. It must have been some committee or I don't know what the heck they were talking about. It was like, like I said. It's just all Catholic stuff. It's all just like Charlie Brown blah, 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 to me. And finally, I'm like, guys, I'm not Father B. Like when as soon as I started to talk, they looked at. They stopped and looked at me, like, "No, nah, are father B." Like, "No, I'm not." And they're looking at me because my voice doesn't sound right. So evidently, my voice doesn't sound like Father B. And they look at the car. Okay, this is an old, beat-up Mercedes Ben maroon Mercedes Benz E three hundred turbo diesel. Okay, and they're like, "No, look, that's your car." I'm like, what? I'm like, well, yeah. You're driving Mercedes Benz diesel maroon E300 turbo diesel. I'm like, yeah? It's like, you've been driving that? You bought it new? I'm like, no. No, this this is impossible. I look like a priest and I drive the same car as a priest? This just can't be true. It cannot this cannot be happening to me. It's is not my fault. All right, I can't believe myself that this is happening. And then finally, when I start talking to them a little bit more, it's like, guys, look, I'm not Father B. I'm not. Right? And they finally am convinced that I'm not a priest. I, I actually said something like, "Do I ever go out without my collar on?" And they looked at me a little bit funny and are like, "You're not Father B, are you?" I'm like, "No, I'm not." Okay, over with. Right. They finally, I finally get across that it's not Father B. Okay. So this Father B story has even more of a quirk to it, right? So there's the whole parking garage incidents. but there's also a memorial service for someone who has passed on. So time passes, I wouldn't want to say I don't know maybe a year or two after this has happened, a fairly famous person, you know, passes on, and um, they actually have this person's memorial service on television. It's local; it's a big deal, right? And, and you know, it's it, I, I don't I think evidently the national news had picked it up. Excuse me, national news, national TV service had picked it up. So I start getting these phone calls and these emails as this memorial service is going. I was watching it. Well the the television camera had zoomed in on the wife of the person who had passed away and right behind her was father b so people are calling me i was like how in the world did you get a seat be, behind this guy's wife at this memorial service cuz it was there were probably 2000 people at this memorial service it was i don't know if you had to have a ticket to get in or not i wasn't there uh you know, and I'm like, it's not me. They're like, Oh my god, you're you're kidding me, it's not you. It's like, no, it's not me. All right. I had my friends who didn't live where I did, they lived in other states calling me, emailing me, texting me. What is going on? How are you there? Why are you sitting behind the wife of this person? I'm like, it's not me. So I had to deal with that for another good six months. And I wouldn't say it was harder for my friends who knew me. I'm like, think about it. Do you think someone like me would be sitting behind that person during a Memorial Day's a memorial, a memorial service for that person for another person? Like, yeah, that can't be you. It's like, boy, that guy looks like you. You got a doppelganger. You got a twin, so forth and so on. Like, I haven't heard that crap before. The priest and me, and all the problems it solves. So this really lends me to, like, if there ever was a moral to a story. you know, Is there a moral to a story? I don't know. But think about it. If a priest, if a priest looks like you, it can cause troubles. Especially if the priest knows that they have a twin out there. And as odd as it might be... They're driving the same exact vehicle. Not the same license plate, but the same exact vehicle. Think about how much trouble that could cause if that priest wanted to go out and pretend he was you. His double. I don't even want to go there. I've made lots of references that are already taking me to Hades about this priest and and what could happen. I want to leave you with this. And as we go through the other episodes of my life, right? I want you to think about this. Maybe the priest is ca- is causing some of my life experiences that are going to be chronicled in the future. And it's not really me. Wait till you hear it. I can't tell you more than three stories at one time. I say stories that are chronicles of my life, my life experiences, because you will think I'm not telling you the truth. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. And remember, it's not my...